When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, you guys? Long time no Rockney cast. For this particular episode, we're going to cover Vince Lombardi. And some of you are thinking, oh my God, haven't we already done several Vince Lombardi episodes? Yeah, we have. And this is going to be the last one. This one's going to be on The Gap. Well, what the hell is The Gap? It's not the clothing store. It's not like going like through The Gap where you're going to shoot The Gap. You know, like when you're in a, when you're in like a dance, you got to shoot the gap. When you're playing football, you got to shoot the gap, as, as Vince Lombardi probably talked about. No. This episode's going to be about the gap between where you are and where you could be through a sense of intention, purpose, and belief about what you can become. You know, one of my favorite episodes, we're going to apply it to Vince Lombardi and talk about his gap, how he took, quite frankly, a shitty franchise and transform it into one of the most legendary franchises in the history of the National Football League. So we'll get into a little bit about that. But the key condition for this discussion of the gap is, is that the gap is going to be based upon the following conditions which are your existing intelligence, your existing financial circumstance, your existing home. In other words, all the resources that you currently possess, what could you be if you had the vision, if you were in alignment, and if you had the focus to unlock the awesomeness that is you? And if you're knowing anyone, whether it's a child or a brother or a mother, share this episode with them because I've learned a lot about this gap and I think it's going to help you. You know, one of my favorite shows is called Queer Eye. It used to be called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And what I love about that show is that it basically just allows people to imagine their own life, how good looking they could be with a better haircut, how stylish they could be with just sort of a new set of clothes, what their living space could look like simply through redesign. What I love about that is that it just allows people to see what they can become with the assistance of experts. And here's what I don't like about that is that it still kind of puts this burden on someone else to fix your problems. And I think so often we are our own worst enemies. And the other thing too is, you know, five dynamic queer eye guys are not going to be able to come and save you. And I think it also puts this kind of sense of, oh, all my solutions, if only I had this, if only I had more money, if only I had more time, if only I had, you know, if I was better looking or smarter, Instead, so many people just hide out in their cave and they just quiver their butt cheeks and they're just like, oh my God, I'm afraid. I, just don't, I can't do anything. 
and it's hopeless. If only someone else would help me, I need the government to help me. But what I'm here to tell you is that that's not true. You can do incredibly great things based upon your existing resources. And we'll illustrate that with Vince Lombardi. But before we get to Vince, let's talk a little bit about Angus MacGyver. Remember Angus MacGyver, that show in the mid 80s? What I love about that show, one, I love its application of science and drama. And I don't think it's really ever been recreated quite so successfully to get really people interested in science and physics and chemistry. Apparently, Angus was like a PhD in all these various topics. But here's what I loved about Angus MacGyver. So he was the secret agent. For those of you who didn't see it, he did not like guns. I don't know what his issue was, but he did not like guns. And so when he would like it, when he, he would not pack heat, so he wouldn't shoot his way out. But, but normally each episode, he would find himself like in some sort of warehouse or captured by the bad guys. Of course, they would, you know, let him be by himself. Which, I mean, come on, it's, it's kind of like that Austin Powers. We're like, why don't you just shoot the guy or just keep some guy, bind him up and don't let him like, build, you know, blast his way out. What I love about that show is that the whole premise was based upon he could be locked in a warehouse with seemingly no resources and he would take what was in the existing resources and transform them into a bomb or he'd create an illusion or he would create a smoke screen. He was able to do all of these things with the already existing resources. Another guy that could do that was my man crush, U.S. Grant. And we're going to be doing some episodes on U.S. Grant this fall, too. I think I'm going to go to Galena so I can check out U.S. Grant. I have a major man crush on U.S. Grant and also on Andrew Huberman. I'm going to do one on him, too. I'm not famous yet for him to be on my show, but I can do one on my man crush, Andrew Huberman, as well. But Grant was also extremely good at this. He would take the existing resources that he had and say, well, what can I do with those resources? You know, one of my favorite, I never actually played it, but my mom said that in the 70s, she was part of four bridge groups. And one of them was called Duplicate Bridge. And what I love about that is, is that every player, I think it would be eight couples, and you would all play the same hand, right? And you would see what people could do with the same set of cards. And I, I just love that concept because so often, and this is one thing where too, I, I, sorry guys, I don't like Bernie anymore. This whole thing is we could all be rock stars if the government would save us and it's always someone else's fault. No individual accountability. It's an ideology of blame rather than taking charge and direction of your own life. And so these are some of the key things that Duplicate Bridge allows you to see, which is, hey, everyone gets the same set of cards, but what can you do with it? You know, they have those computer programs where you can see what you look like when you're older. And I haven't done that yet because I'm like, boy, cow, I'm 47. I don't want to see what I look like when I'm 85. It'd be too depressing. Um, but, you know, I'd love to have a computer program that could be like, okay, here's what you can become. And here's what I like about, here's what this, the, the, this imaginary computer program would be. Like, here's what your body could look like. 
here's what your financial situation could be. Here's what your partnership situation could be in terms of your lover, guy, girl, transgender, whatever. And the, the thing would be of this game though, it would be upon existing resources, okay? So that's key. Your existing looks, your existing intelligence, your existing financial situation. What could you be with each one of those set conditions through daily application, alignment, purpose, grit, and, you know, hormesis. Uh, hormesis, I know that was kind of weird, but I'll do another episode on hormesis. And that's what I love about Vince Lombardi. Um, and what I love about Vince Lombardi is, and before I get to that, I just want to say that's one of the problems with a lot of Dems, is that your entire ideology is based upon blame. And that's never going to solve anything. Vince was a dumb, by the way. And that's one of the reasons I like a lot of these 60s dumbs, these old blue dog dumbs like Harry Truman and Vince Lombardi. And what I love about Vince was, is that when he came to the Green Bay Packers in 1959, the year before they were one and 10, they were just on the verge of collapse as an organization. The previous coach was an utter failure. His name was Scooter McLean. It was a super complicated playbook. He was a quote-unquote player's coach. He'd kind of hang out with the guys. He tried to be their friend. There was no authority. There was no attention to detail. You know, and the players just did not respect him. People would saunter in late to meetings. Lombardi took this job. At 45 years old, at an age when most coaches were considered to be has-beens, because he had to. He did not have any other opportunities at the time. And he saw what this existing organization could become and transformed it within one year from 1 and 10 to the next year, 1959, 7 and 5. 1960, they were 8 and 4, and they lost in the NFL championship. Over the course of the next several years, through 1967, the Green Bay Packers won five championships, three NFL championships prior to the merger, and the first two Super Bowls. And he did it. So he took an existing organization that someone else was so incompetent that nearly were on the verge of collapse, and he transformed them into a legendary franchise that transformed the Green Bay Packers from almost losing their franchise to becoming a central part of their, of the National Football League. So how did he do that? Well, he did it through several things. But first, I'm just going to read a couple quotes. And a lot of you are like, oh my God, this is just like a high school graduation speech. Or what is this, Tony Robbins? Yeah, it is, because I think that this is something that I think could really help. And I'm going to offer some very specific tools for you to help transform your life based upon the stuff that you already have. We're going to MacGyver-ass your life. So after he won his first NFL championship in the early 60s, Lombardi got asked to speak at several different, you know, luncheons, you know, you know rotary clubs, civic organizations. Catholic organizations. He spoke throughout the United States in the off season. And he had 
what eventually be called, became known as the seven blocks of granite. And the reason was is that when he was at Fordham as a player in the 30s, their offensive line was known as the, as the blocks of granite. And so he used this as kind of a stump speech that he would give when he'd be on the lecture circuit. But he talks about a couple different things. And I think this is a take home. And if you have a pen handy or if you don't have a pen, write this down because this is going to give you so much peace. And I was going to do a, a whole episode on this quote, but I realized that I'd already done it for my first one. I'd forgotten that I had done it, but it's so good. I'm going to do it again. And we're going to elucidate a little bit more. But the first is a, is a quote from MacArthur in which um, his, his actual former coach, Red Blake, who was a um, coach at, at Army in the early 50s, he quoted MacArthur. He talked about the virtue of competitive sports. But here's the, the key quote from that, to master ourselves before we attempt to master others. Write that down and let that be your mantra. Because think about in terms of unlocking your skill set. What does that take? That takes stress to build your muscles, to build your mind, to build your creative capacity, um, to look good, to, to do your hair, to shave. It takes time and it takes energy. How much time or how frequently do you ignore that phrase to master ourselves before we attempt to master others? You know, about 10 years ago, I got really involved in politics. I served a term on the Iowa City Council and I'm glad that I did it. I learned a lot. But during that time period of my life, what I was doing was I was attempting to master others, offering solutions for others before I had mastered myself. So while I was trying to save the world and, you know, strengthen the economy and add bike lanes and stand up for the people of Iowa City, I had not mastered myself. I was 300 pounds. I was not sleeping well. I was drinking too much. I was eating too much. Um, Quite frankly, my marriage was on the rocks and I had not mastered myself and put the effort onto myself so that I could then create kind of a perpetual spring for other people. And how often is that true in your own lives where you have, you're, you're attempting to give feedback to your, to your daughter or your son, which you should as a parent or to a friend or family member, which you should do, but how much emotional energy especially if they're not receptive to your feedback. How much emotional energy are you spending which you could be pouring into yourself? Now, a lot of you are saying like, oh my God, are you saying that you should be all selfish? No, what I am not. What I'm saying is, is that master yourself just as Vince Lombardi did before you could master others. So in other words, get your own shit in line before you attempt to settle other people. By the time... Vince Lombardi had become head coach, he was mastering others. He was trying to teach other people, but he had his own life in line, kind of, as a football coach he was right. Now, his personal life was a little bit of a shambles. Um, he was not, he could kind of, kind of grouch at his wife. He was kind of one of those 50s dudes that, yeah, so he had some parts of that. But in terms of his football knowledge and skill, he had absolutely mastered the profession. And when he came, he knew what he needed to do to instill the discipline into each and every one of his players. But so then 
how did he actually get there in terms of transforming this team? And I know the sports metaphors are kind of overwrought, but I don't care whether it's a music teacher or a coach or a business person. I'm fascinated by this topic of what people can do with the clay that they're given rather than um, their ultimate success. Because I mean, so for example, you know, like for instance, John F. Kennedy, well, how, do you, how does he lecture anyone? I mean, yeah, he did some great things, but his dad gave him all this stuff. So how does that translate to anyone else? I think it's much more interesting where someone comes into an existing business or team or organization and transforms the existing organization. And if I may make a commentary, to me, this is the absolute Achilles heel of liberalism. I'm not saying no one needs external help. I think as an ideology, it is a formula for misery. I'm not saying we never need any help. I've needed help throughout my life. You've needed help. We've all, we're human beings, but here's the key. No amount of external help will save you if you haven't gotten your own house in order. I mean, so for example, with Biden, he doesn't ask the students to do a financial management course before they get the debt forgiveness. He then insults the working class by not forgiving their loans, while forgiving some dysfunctional college student their loans. He's not asking them to do their own work before he helps others. It should have, should have been much more targeted. And I, I think in terms of finances, that is something you all need to really think about, which is if someone bails you out, have you solidified your own house first? So the metaphor, for example, of the boat, I think is apt. If you're spending a lot and your boat is full of leaks in the form of debt, in the form of too much spending, conspicuous consumption, no amount of external resources are really going to right that ship in a sound way. Fix your own house before you attempt to master others. Remember that and you will feel it next time you're in an art. And, and the other part too is how much emotional energy do we, do, we, do we spend trying to fix the world when we could be directing it towards ourselves? Because guess what? You control yourself more than anyone else. And you, if you do that, you can become this eternal spring for other people. But if you get so worn out, you can't do anything and you are a desert. So become a spring rather than a desert through your own work. So how did he actually do this? Um, he did the, he embodied the Jesuit philosophy. And here I'm actually gonna quote one of his um, quotes from his seven blocks of granite speech. He said, this is from the book. The Jesuits had taught that human perfection was unattainable, but that all beings should still work toward it by using their God-given capacities to the fullest. And here he quotes directly from Lombardi. While complete victory can never be won, it must be pursued and it must be wooed with all one's might. Each week there was a new encounter, each year there was a new challenge, but all of the display all of the noise, all of the glamour, and all of the color and excitement, they exist only in the memory, but the spirit, the will to excel, the will to win, they last forever. These are the qualities that I think are larger and more important than any of the events that occasion them. 
Now, I agree that this is to some degree a platitude, and this sounds a little bit like, do your best, you know, be like in the Hermes commercials, be all that you can be. But it did get me thinking in terms of um, the other book that I really like called Atomic Habits by James Clear. What are these little things that we, that we fail to do that could unlock our potential? And what are some of the things that we do do that deplete us of our energy? So I thought I'd offer kind of three things on each side of the ledger in terms of little actions that I think can really change your, the direction of your life. So first off, I, some specific actions, but also some specific So moods and actions essentially is what we're looking at. But some of these things that I think inhibit us from what we could be, things that we do, and maybe other emotions or actions that could unlock what we can do. So the first step for both of these things, things that inhibit us from achieving this gap and things that we fail to do that could, they're both little and they're all, and they're free and they're easily obtainable. So things that inhibit alcohol, this is one where I think if you drink every day, it's nearly impossible to get where you want to be. The cost, the depletion of energy, the effect on mood, the weight gain, the impact on sleep, that's one quick win. Maybe you don't need to stop drinking, but don't drink every day. That's a horrible habit. Resentment. Have you ever really advanced your life where you resent people. Now that's a natural human emotion. And I think a certain amount, and I think it's kind of a cousin of anger, but it's not gonna, but let it go after a very short period of time because it is not gonna get you where you wanna go in your life. Have you ever heard anyone that's achieved great things to say like, well, you know, I'm very successful now, but it was this moment where I started to experience deep and bitter resentment um, to my, to my family or to my parents or my, now sometimes there can be anger that can like get you to change your life, but it's a very temporary emotion, but how many people live in resentment and that prevents them from doing action related to resentment is blame. Blame is another thing that really prevents you from getting that gap. And the final thing is debt. I believe that Dave Ramsey hundred percent, if you have excessive amounts of debt, get rid of it. It's a huge source of excessive stress and excessive stress is what will prevent you from being what you can become. A little bit of stress is good, but now let's go to the other side of the ledger for the good news. Stress. I just said stress is a bad thing. It's very good when it is targeted and you have adequate times for recovery. So first get your sleep right and get at least eight hours a day. And online, there's all sorts of things you can talk about, about getting your sleep right naturally hacking your circadian rhythm. That's the first thing. Second thing is, is a positive exuberant attitude. Um, how, it doesn't guarantee success, but how can you possibly be successful in life if you don't believe that life is good? If you don't believe that you're created in the eyes, in the, in the eyes of your creator? If you don't believe that your efforts are gonna bear fruit, you're defeated before you already start. 
So a positive attitude, I'm gonna do a separate episode at some point on the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. It's kind of like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It really has stood the test of time. And these are two great books that I'm gonna cover in this Rocky cast. But a positive attitude, and you know, people are always like, oh yeah, well, nice guys finish last. Oh, oh just stop it. Grow the hell up. They do not, they, they win all the time. Now, if you're a wimp, you're, you may not be a very successful person, but how many toxic, do you like hanging around toxic people? No, toxic people are not good. And so having a positive attitude is essential. And it's that power of belief that gets you up in the morning. And then the third thing, and these are tiny actions, is individual accountability. Before you blame other people, ask yourself, what role do you play in where you're at? And I can say pretty much where I am at in my life, I, I think most of the, the drawbacks in terms of my financial situation, in terms of my weight, sorry, there's only one person to blame, but, but me, I, I mean, anyone who's grown up in the United States, the opportunities we've had have been incredible. I've made my share of mistakes, but acknowledging that I think has allowed me to correct them and to move on. And then the opposite, of course, of debt is saving, to be able to have a financial cushion so that you can have a sense of direction. So as it applies to, to Lombardi, what were the two things that I think that he did that were absolutely critical? Well, one, he had a developed and established routine of positivity and productivity. Number two, he had a big picture will to win and the confidence to inspire men around him that he would help them win. But three, he had a, an attention to simple detail. Rather than super complicated things, he felt it was more important to master the simple things through sheer repetition and attention to detail. And finally, embodying the best of the Jesuit tradition, he had this absolute will and belief that anyone had the freedom to choose to be great through daily application, working hard, a positive attitude, and a shared commitment to excellence by all the team members. And he did that and transformed this franchise from a losing franchise to a winning franchise. And not only that, a legendary franchise. So there's kind of my thought collage um, for my last episode of Vince Lombardi. You know, these episodes have been frankly bombing. Um, my, my highest rated episode so far has been on Tankara Lay the Testosterone Pill. But these podcasts are not only for you, um, they're for me as well. Uh, they help me organize my thoughts. They help me share what I've learned. You know, I've struggled a lot in my own life with what my purpose is. And I think my purpose, my goal for the remaining days of my life is I want to share my sense of wonder and knowledge, things that I've learned and pass it along to you as a gift, hopefully improving your life so that you can achieve the ultimate version of you in mind, body, and spirit, and in the process, be this light for other people. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with a quote from the great Marcus Aurelius. I love this. The soul as a sphere in equilibrium, not grasping at things beyond it or retreating inward, 
not fragmenting outward, not sinking back on itself, but ablaze with light and looking at truth without and within. And what I love about this is this concept of retreating inwards. You know, I think so often by mastering yourself does not mean hiding. Um, there was a great passage from Ruben Youngdahl, this great spiritual leader that I love um, from the 50s that talked about this family that saved their entire life. They saved and they hid their money near the furnace. And as a result of that, um, one day a spark touched the money and burned all their money. What was the punchline of this? I said, saving is a positive habit. A, a habit that of course it is but where the true abundance occurs in life is where the gifts that you have are offered out into the world where you improve the life of others and they exchange and, and reciprocate to you in the form of services in the forms of funds in the, in the form of thanks and that's what my goal is for this podcast is to light you with the light force of your own soul be a lit soul like Bruce Lee, be a lit soul like Weston Noble and go back and list to those. And hopefully you will spread the light for what we're trying to do here at the Rockney Cast. If you've made it this far, reach out to me, rockneycola at gmail.com. Share with me your book. Share me some interesting things that you'll want to do in future episodes. So I have some ideas for this fall. I think I'm going to be covering more on U.S. Grant. I think I'm going to go actually visit Galena. Um, I just read David McCullough's great book on the Wright brothers, and we're going to do an episode on the Wright brothers versus Samuel Langley and what we can learn from that in terms of both the virtues and the vices of the Wright brothers. And we're going to continue to do episodes on health and spirituality so that you can achieve the best of your life in mind, body, and spirit. So I love doing these episodes right now. But sir, I, you know, my, my Tom Catalina of like 280 listeners, but I got, I got kind of a whale following now, about 15 to 20 listeners. So please spread the word of what we're trying to do. Um, if you have some friends or family members who are going through difficult times, share this podcast, spread the word. I want to grow this audience so that we can, maybe someday I can make a living from this. That'd be really cool. Um, but in the meantime, I, I love doing all these episodes and I love the fact that of all the podcasts, that you could have possibly listened to, that you chose to listen to my podcast. Infinite gratitude to each and every one of you who have spent time with me as we go on this journey together so that we can all become lit souls and live out our ultimate purpose on this world, on this earth, just like the great Vincent Lombardi. Vincent, thank you so much for everything you did for this world of ours. Um, the Green Bay Packers, the NFL, and each one of you who spent time with me on this episode of the Rocky Cast. We will keep doing great high-quality content. Subscribe, pass the word, and share the light of what we're trying to accomplish. Thank you so much. Until next time on the Rocky Cast. <laughs>